Earlier today, someone asked me if I was a natural-born entrepreneur, and I kind of chuckled in my, well, like in my head, didn't chuckle out loud, but I didn't let him know that I have this entire podcast where it's all about natural-born entrepreneurs, and it serves natural-born entrepreneurs, but I told him, yeah, I'm a natural-born entrepreneur, and... I actually gave an example of what makes me a natural born entrepreneur. So one of the stories that I normally share is one of my first experiences with entrepreneurship. And I feel like there might have been some stuff before, but this is like definitely a distinct memory. I remember when I used to live in Utah, I was around five, six years old. And we had this huge garden behind like our buildings like Utah first of all is beautiful Utah is up in the mountains so if you can imagine like these mountains I would wake up in the morning look outside my window and see these majestic mountains they were so huge and I would I remember thinking to myself just like wow I'm the only person in the world that has this view right now and with some respect I mean it was kind of true like with the angle etc but these it was just really majestic views Anyway, so in the garden, me and my brother, we used to go play out there pretty often. And one of the things that we really liked doing is we liked catching snakes and catching insects. So this is like the type of stuff that you might see on like Leave it to Beaver, one of those old timey episodes. But this is like stuff that we actually did. We went out, we would catch snakes and we would catch insects and we would do this with like other kids in the neighborhood, etc. But one of the things that I was doing early on is I was catching these insects and I would put them in jars and I would also put them in these strawberry baskets. So I don't know if you've ever seen these strawberry baskets that are in the grocery store. They're green, They're like these little baskets, they're green and they put strawberries in them. But I would take these strawberries baskets and put them upside down, put an insect, some kind of bug, like a butterfly or whatever in there and you know, now that I think about it, it was kind of mean to the bugs. Like, I don't think I would do something like that right now. Um, but yeah, this is what I did when I was like five, six years old. And I put bugs in jars and I would charge the other kids in the neighborhood to come check out my insect zoo. And then I also would sell slugs, like, you know, the snails without the shells, slugs for like a nickel. So that was one of my first experiences with entrepreneurship. And then here is a story that I actually haven't really shared with anyone. I've only maybe shared this with one person and maybe only two people in the world probably remember this story and only a handful of people actually know that this happened. But when I was 13 years old, I was living in Kuwait, and in Kuwait, this is after I've already been raised in the U.S., so I was living in Utah, we lived in Michigan, and lived in several different cities in in Michigan um, and Utah as well, but then we moved to Kuwait. My father, he wanted to go, he, he got a job offer with the University of Kuwait to be a professor of civil engineering there, and he loves the academia world, so he like jumped on that opportunity and he took that job and took all of us along with him. And we went to this private school in Kuwait. It was an American private school, and this is like where all the 
dignitaries and stuff, their kids go. So it was like a really different environment. Um, if you think about the princesses and princes of the the crown prince of Kuwait, they went to that school as well. And it was an all-American English-speaking school, but this is what the school was like. In Kuwait, there are a few things that are not allowed like they would be in other countries. So in Kuwait, it's a dry country, which means you cannot legally buy alcohol. And you can't also buy any pornography. There's no pornography in Kuwait. In fact, they're so strict with pornography. I remember watching The Lion King and there was this like big uproar among some of the American students in Lion King because they censored, the Kuwaiti officials censored one of the parts where I think Simba's mom is like licking Simba. It's a clean Simba. And they saw that as some kind of, it, you know, it could be construed as some kind of sexual act. So they just took it out of the cartoon. And they'll leave like curse words and all this violence. It could be as gory as you want. But anything that's suggesting sex at all, it gets cut out. So there's no pornography in Kuwait. And I recognize this as a 13-year-old. And I guess 13 years old is like when you would actually recognize this opportunity anyway. But the thought of a 13-year-old going through this thought process, it kind of tickles me right now. Um, but as a 13-year-old, I recognized that Kuwait didn't have pornography, access to pornography. And this was pre-internet, so it's not like you could just download, um, you know, pornography on the internet. It wasn't several years until people started passing around these floppy disks full of pornography pictures. But the only way to get pornography was from magazines and videos. And I, going to an American school, had access to very many friends that would go consistently back to the U.S. or to the U.K., and every time they went, they would pick up some pornography magazines for me and some videotapes for me. And I would go out and I would sell these. And it was, it was yeah, it just tickles me that there's this 13-year-old going and selling pornography to adults. And here's the thing. I was selling it to adults. It wasn't even like other kids. It's the adults who had the money. The magazines sold for way more. I think the magazines, I was selling it for 5KD, which is like $15. KD stands for Kuwaiti Dinars. And the videos, because it's really easy to make copies of the videos, we just sold them cheap. And I'm pretty sure they got copied and sent around. But the, the real prize was the magazines. Because with magazines, you don't need electricity. You don't need for people to leave. Because this is like when the TV is in the living room and people didn't have TVs in the bedrooms back then. But you got this big clunky TV in the living room and the VCR. And you have to wait for your entire family to leave if you want to watch pornography. So the magazines were really valuable, so those went for more money. But yeah, as a 13-year-old, this was one of my other enterprising activities. And I think it's funny. What kind of entrepreneurial activities did you first start in? I want to hear your stories. Um, please email me at robin at robincopernicus.com. And I can't wait to see what you have to say. Boom, bam, I'm out. 
Hey, so if you're a 6% entrepreneur, here are four ways that I can help you right now. One, hit that subscribe button and the bell so you can always stay up to date on the latest marketing strategies and tactics from this podcast. Two, find out how much of a natural born entrepreneur you are by taking the visionary quiz at robin.ws forward slash quiz. Three, join the Visionaries Facebook group at robin.ws forward slash group. And finally, four, if you want to join the first startup accelerator that helps you skip investor funding, then go ahead and book a call with me at robin.ws forward slash call. 